Good morning, everyone. We're going to continue in Hebrews, uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 11, which can be found on page 1204 of the Church Bibles in front of you. So we're reading chapter 5, verse 11, through to chapter 6, verse 12. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and then produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we're convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realised. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Hello. My name is Stephen, if I haven't met you, uh, I'm the youth minister at Bishop Huntington Church. Fantastic to see you all here. Um, and has anyone had the horrible displeasure of um, taking anti-malaria tablets before? Oh, oh my word, Malaron was the first one that I came across. Even the name of it brings dread to my heart. In my head, the pills are like this size, like massive egg-shaped things. And, and the thing about Malaron is to take it before the trip, during the trip, and after the trip. That's bad. But then you take the thing, this egg, and you try and swallow it down your throat. It, it's painful, but it hits your stomach, and it does weird stuff. Like, it messes you up properly. Like, it, it makes your, you feel sick and nauseous, and like, like your, your head starts spinning, you're sweating. It, it's a horrible pill. Causes you lots of pain, but, but taking it saves you from much greater pain than malaria, right? So you take it to, to, to keep yourself safe. And I think like Hebrews 5 and 6 sort of acts a bit like that, in that it's a strange passage in the Bible where if you leave here feeling uncomfortable, feeling a bit worried, that's a really healthy sign. That's a really good place to be. If you leave here thinking, that's not me, happy days, let's go on with life, that's a worrying place to be. 
One of those strange upside-down passages. So let's pray for God to to give us the right feeling of uncomfortableness um, and for his help to understand this tricky passage. Father, thank you that you are speaking, God. Thank you we see in Hebrews that, that, that your word is like a sword. We pray that you would cut us in the right way today. Help us to leave with the, the right feeling of un- uncomfortableness. Um, and open this word to us today. Amen. So we're back in Hebrews, which is kind of this uh, sermon by a man we're going to call Mr. Preacher. Uh, and Mr. Preacher has been telling us how wonderful and beautiful Jesus is. And here we get to, to really feel his heart and his love for his people. In fact, throughout the letter, he, he loves them so much, he warns them. Five different times are these warning passages in the book of Hebrews. And here, I think Mr. Preacher is looking at those people he's speaking to, and he can't make his mind up. Because on the one hand, he's really, really, really worried about them. There are some worrying signs. He's like, uh-oh. But then on the other hand, the end of our passage, he's like, there's some really positive, beautiful signs there. And so in the middle, he whacks in this warning. And that's kind of where we're going to go this morning. So let's look at verse, verse 11. He says, we have much to say to you about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. He's just been talking about Jesus, the great high priest. And he's got more material. He's got, the Bible is so rich on this. There's so much more to say. But there's a block. Not that the stuff is too theologically rich for them, or that they're not smart enough to understand. But verse 11 says, they no longer try to understand. Become sluggish. Lazy. In fact, laziness tops and tails our passage. Look at 6 verse 12. He says again, we do not want you to become lazy. He's worried about laziness. This kind of bare minimum faith. This just turn up and sit there kind of faith. In fact, he's so worried, he calls them babies. He's like, you're acting like babies. And sometimes in the Bible, being a baby is a really good thing. Not here. Here, he's like, you guys are not growing how you should be. You're acting like a child. And that's worrying. And what are children like, according to Mr. Preacher? Well, he says, children, babies, they take and take and take. They forget and need to be taught the same things over and over again. Babies, they eat baby food. And babies kind of don't quite know what's going on in life, so make bad decisions sometimes. And this has been good help prep for me and Lizzie. Lizzie's expecting a baby in February, so it's this good little insight into the future of Demetrio life. Um, but, but he's like, I see these worrying signs in you, church. Verse 12, he says, By this time, you ought to be teachers. But... You need someone to teach you. As Christians, we should grow to be mature, right? And so that we give back and help others grow in maturity. We, we should be serving. He's like, guys, you should be preaching and teaching and Bible study leaders. But you're not. You're, you're taking. You're acting like a baby, kind of not contributing to the upkeep of a house, not mowing the lawn, not doing dishes because they're too small. You're just taking. It's a worrying sign to watch out for. And then he says, um, verse 12, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. He's like, we have to keep on going over those ABCs all, all over again. You keep forgetting the basics. And what are the basics? Well, he tells us in chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. He says, repentance from acts lead to death, faith in Christ, 
instruction about cleansing, rights, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. He sort of says, like, the basics are kind of turning away from sin, turning towards God, um, church membership and baptism, and the future hope Christians have. And we have to keep on explaining those same things over and over and over and over again to you. Worrying signs to watch out for. And he's not saying that we kind of move on from those truths, but they're foundations. We kind of build on them. We, 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 we go bigger in them. We go richer in them. We go deeper in them. But with the people he's talking to, Mr. Preacher's like, I'm worried because we can't do that. You haven't got those basics. It's a bit like um, maths. Uh, you know, in primary school, you learn times tables. And you need them all the way through the rest of your maths. You know, secondary school, integration and quadratic formula. Need times tables still. You don't move on from them. You need them to go deeper. That's what he's kind of saying. And it's worrying signs to watch out for. So, so verse 12, he says, you need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with teachings about righteousness. Imagine the picture. Um, you come to Lizzie and Stephen's house for, for Sunday lunch, and um, there's a nice, beautiful roast chicken there in the oven with bacon on the outside, obviously, to let the fat drip in. Oh, and there's crispy roast potatoes with, with that rosemary and garlic, lovely, fluffy and crispy. And, and, and there's beautiful parsnips roasted in honey, lovely. And then the gravy gets poured over it. Oh, wow. It's put in front of you, and you, and you start eating. But then you look over at Stephen, and um, Stephen pulls out his little bowl and his little spoon. And then Lizzie comes and goes, right, Stephen, here we go. Pulls out the Ella's baby food pouch. Carrot, squeezes it in. Sorry, man to death. Thanks. And then she goes, right, Stephen, here comes the aeroplane. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't think I realized how horrible that was. Um, oh, that's grim. But like, you'd be like, what is going on? You're a 32-year-old man. Why are you eating baby food? <laughs> That's what Mr. Preacher's saying to these people. He's like, it's fine for you to have baby food as a baby. Like baby Christians, it's fine to go through the ABCs. It's fine. That, that's right. That's proper. But, but you should be grown up. And you're not. You're not growing properly. He sees these worrying signs where he's like, we have to spoon feed you. You're not going deeper. You're not maturing. And he's worried. Because verse 14, he says, solid food is for mature, who by constant use have trained themselves oh, to distinguish between good and evil. <laughs> Those people who, who know God's word, who use God's word, know God's mind, and so live God's way. And he's saying, you guys aren't doing that. You're like a toddler who kind of stands up under a table and smashes their head on the corner of the table like because you don't know any better. He's a worrying science for Mr. Preacher Man. And I wonder, right, if he was here today speaking to us, would he say similar things about us? Because I think in 2023, this is a big danger. You know, our whole world is about bite-sized like information that's blitzed and pureed, given to us in 280 characters, um, given us in small social media bits, like little videos, little clips here. And so we kind of feed information in small chunks. And I wonder if that comes into our faith too, where we sort of digest God's rich and beautiful word, uh, uh, I mean, little snippets like this, where we come across something in the Bible we don't understand and we just kind of skip over it because it's too much effort to think it through. 
Mr. Preacher is telling us to take responsibility for our own faith here and our own growth as Christians. And rooted, that means that kind of your parents are not responsible for your growth as Christians. I'm not responsible. You guys are. It means us as a church family, Nick the Vic is not responsible for our growth as, as Christians. Like we are responsible. Um, I think it's pretty incredible because look at verse 11 again, chapter 5. He says, we have much to say to you about this. Mr. Preacher is kind of saying, God's word is so rich, so full of meaty, um, or veggie, uh, goodness. Like, like, there's so much in here that God wants to show you and tell you, but you're not ready. Um, it's, I mean, like, Lizzie and I, we are big food people. We love food. Um, and so a friend of ours gave us a little gift of money a few months ago, and we decided to go to a Michelin-style restaurant. That's like really fancy. So fancy, I had to buy some trousers and a shirt. Um, it, it was proper, proper fancy. So fancy, in fact, that the menu had one word for each item on the menu. So I ordered carrot. Here's the carrot that I got. Look at that. That's no ordinary carrot. Like, oh. I'm salivating looking at it. That thing was incredible. Like top three dishes I've ever eaten in my whole entire life. And that's carrot. And I think Mr. Preacher's saying, right, God's got that in store for us. That takes time and effort and energy, but it's so worth it. And the more we put into our relationship with God, the more we put into our faith, the more we get out of it. God's got that in store for us, and yet what do we settle for? We settle for this. <laughs> Carrot puree. Ella's baby food. Ah! <laughs> he has so much he wants to tell us and show us. So the question for us is, like, how are we growing? Are we maturing in our faith, ready for proper carrot? Because Mr. Preacher, he is really worried. And so he issues a warning. Now let's have a look at this warning in verses uh, 4 to 6. He says, It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of this coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. On the surface, it seems like Mr. Preacher is saying, if you fall away, there's no coming back. It's worth saying that this is one piece of the Bible's puzzle of salvation, right? And we get into trouble when we try and kind of work out the whole puzzle from one piece. I mean, can anyone tell what that is? No. No. Like, it's so hard to work out the whole puzzle from one piece. See, we know from elsewhere in the Bible, from John 10, that, that, that when Jesus has you in his hand, he never lets go. We know from Jude that, that, that our God is the one who keeps us all the way to the end. We know from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, that, that Jesus is the source of eternal salvation. We know that once you're saved, you are always saved, and nothing can change that. So what's going on here? Well, I think Mr. Preacher is talking about people who look the part but don't have the heart who look part of the church family, who look like they're living a Christian life, but a heart's not there. In fact, that's what he goes through in verses 4 to 6. He says, people who have been enlightened, as in seen the light of Christ through his word, who have tasted the heavenly gift, that's probably talking about communion, like have, have sampled the bread and wine, 
who have shared in the Holy Spirit, kind of been in a church family where the Holy Spirit is alive and active. They've seen it on the outside, but never had it on the inside. Had him on the inside. Who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God. People who've read the Bible and seen how rich and beautiful it is. And the powers of this coming age kind of experienced the, acts, the miracles and wonders in Acts. They've seen all that. And yet turn away. People who look the part but don't have the heart. See, I think this is here to act as a bit of a warning. A bit like in A Christmas Carol. Now, it is Christmas season, so I thought it's got to be time that we bring in a bit of Christmas. Um, and we had a panto last week. Um, now, A Christmas Carol, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is a man who hates Christmas. He hates people. He hates joy. He hates fun. And over the series of, the, of, 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 this, of this story, he's visited by many different ghosts. Um, one of them particularly is, is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. This dark, shadowy figure who stands there, cloaked, oh, oh. And, and who points. And, and, and the ghost of Christmas uh, yet to be, he, he takes Ebenezer Scrooge to, to a future, to a possible future, and shows him his gravestone, and points at the gravestone, and points around a bit, and shows him that, 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 that there's no one out there, if he carries on living his life, who, who will be there at the end. And it's a warning, a warning that, that, that Ebenezer Scrooge listens to, and he changes his life, doesn't he? He changes after seeing that potential future where he could be going, and he's a reformed man. Thanks, ghost. Well done. <laughs> um, and see, I think that's a little bit what's going on here. Mr. Preacher is worried about the direction of travel of these people. He's worried about this immaturity. And so he says, hey, avoid this. See, the warnings in Hebrews, um, well, true believers will listen to this warning and so avoid the consequences of it. People who aren't trusting Jesus will ignore this warning and so prove it to be true. People who've been part of a church family, who listen, who are there, and yet, verse 6, to their loss, they are crucified the Son of God all over again. They turn their back on the cross and so there's no salvation away from Jesus. And in fact, the verse 6 says, they join in with the crowd who are mocking and cheering and shouting at Jesus at his death. And there's no hope. And so then Mr. Preacher goes on, verse 7 and 8, to talk about rain and says, look, as the biblical rain falls on you, what does it produce? Does it produce crops and life and goodness or does it produce thorns and thistles, Genesis 3, death and curse? See, Mr. Preacher is warning us to check ourselves, check our own hearts, to, to, to see how we're growing. It's supposed to be a moment where we go, oh, this could be me. And so we do all we can to avoid it. See, this isn't a message for like Barbara on the row next to you or Curtis on the live stream at home. This is a message for us to check ourselves and our own hearts. Like, how are we growing? How are we growing compared to last year? Where do we want to be next year? Like, is there still a hunger for carrot? 
And again, if you're feeling uncomfortable, feeling a bit worried, remember, it's the malaria tablet, right? It's saving us from a graver danger. That's a good feeling. That's a positive feeling of life and goodness. Um, And just to say, like, I phoned a friend on, on Friday, um, a friend who's been a, a, a brother of mine for, for many years. We prayed together, went on missions together, part of churches together. And I asked him how his faith was. Um, and he said to me, he's not going to church. Doesn't really think about it anymore. Doesn't believe anymore. Um, he was someone who, who looks the part, who looked the part all the way through my life and been a real support to me. And yet it feels like he's nowhere now. And I'm praying this warning's not true of him because it looks like it could be. And it's breaking my heart. Um, so Mr. Preacher is saying, listen to this warning, it is serious. And then he comes in with verse 9. Did you see verse 9? He says, even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. He says, although that could be your fate, I see a brighter future for you. I know that you guys, you guys are saved. You guys have life in you. And if you're like me, you're asking, well, tell us, what are the signs of life? Verse 10, he says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Love. Love. Love for God and love for his people. That's like these little green shoots of life in a plant. A love that oozes out of Christians like cheese out of a cheese toasty. Kind of, that is what Mr. Preacher is saying is a sign of beautiful life. And what kind of love is it? Well, in the rest of Hebrews, we start to learn what it's like. In Hebrews 10, verse 34, uh, and Hebrews 13, verse 3, it talks about how this church family are caring for prisoners. People have been put in prison for their faith. And these guys are looking out for them and going after them and caring for them. Think about it, think about it. In a, in a society where you're put in prison for your faith, when you go and help them and give them meals and look after them, you're siding with them. You're putting yourself in harm's way out of love. It's dangerous love that he sees in them. It's Jesus-shaped love. The one who puts himself in harm's way for us. The one who goes right into the belly of danger and death itself for us. Mr. Preacher sees signs of Jesus growing in them, and he is like, I love it. Because maturity is not perfection. Maturity doesn't mean that we won't have uh, down and ups in our faith. doesn't mean that kind of we won't struggle with sin. Maturity means looking a bit more like Jesus each and every day. The, 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 the Jesus who would go all the way to the cross for us, step into danger for us. Those are the beautiful things that he wants this people to grow in. That's what he wants us to grow in. That kind of love that is risky, that says, I'm a Christian in my workplace that's hostile, that shows in how we live and talk and act. Um, I really hate making people feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, So if you feel uncomfortable, I'm really sorry. But then I'm not sorry too, because actually this is supposed to leave us checking ourselves and testing ourselves. And if you are feeling that way, we have a prayer ministry team down here after the service. Do come and use them, talk to them, pray with them. That's a great little thing to help us kind of carry on in our faith. Because that's what Mr. Preacher wants. 
through all this, he wants this church family to, to, to stick to Jesus and keep on going with Jesus until they get to the end. So let's pray that for us. Father, these are weighty words here in Hebrews 5 and 6. Um, and we pray that they would hit us and cut us in the right way. And that, Father, we, we'd heed that warning and that we'll be those who persevere and continue all the way to the end. Father, where there might be worrying signs growing in us, please help us to kind of stamp them out and change that uh, and help us to grow bit by bit to look more like the wonderful, beautiful Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.